Hey everybody, you're about to listen to a brand new episode of The Drip, but before we get started, we'd like to let you know that this episode has some discussion of sexual violence in our conversation with regard to the book that we're reading. It's not too extreme, but it is there, and it might be triggering for some listeners. Doctor. 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 All right. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to The Drip, the podcast for four academics of color sit around in coffee shops, sort of, and discuss great books. Each episode features a free-flowing conversation about one book that leads us to broader conversations about race, culture, and politics, the things that keep us gabbing when we're hanging out. So I have to let you in on a secret. We are actually not at a coffee shop or a tea house because we actually tried recording this discussion last week at the Heritage Tea House, and it was too loud. But we are happy about that because we love Heritage Tea House and we want it to stay open and stay in business. So please go and get your tea on at the Heritage Tea House in St. Paul. So instead, right now, we're hanging out with, uh, well, with the podcast team at Todd's house. So thank you, Todd and Lucia, for thank letting you, us hang out Lucia. here. You are welcome. All right. So I'm Anita Chikatura, the host for the show, and I teach in the Educational Studies Department at Carleton College. I'm Todd Lawrence, and I teach um, African American literature, uh, culture. Uh, sorry. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I forgot what I teach. <laughs> I teach African American literature and culture, folklore, and cultural studies in the English department at the University of St. Thomas. That's a lot to say. You that have is. To also, it's the weekend, and we don't always want to think about work. That's so. right. I'm sorry yeah. about that. That's all right, Crystal. My name is Crystal Moten. <laughs> This show's getting off to a good start. <laughs> and I teach African-American history at McAllister College. Um, I'm Adriana Elstel, and I teach English and American Studies at Carleton College. And I swear we are drinking tea and strawberry <laughs> soda. <laughs> really, really. Ooh, really. So in this episode, we're discussing Tyree Jones's fourth novel, An American Marriage. Jones is a member of the Fellowship of Southern Writers and has won a ton of awards for her writing, including the Hurston Wright Legacy Award, Lifetime Achievement Award and Fine Arts from the Black Congressional Black Caucus Foundation, the United States Artist Fellowship, an NEA Fellowship, and a Radcliffe Institute Bunting Fellowship. And she's currently a professor of creative writing at Emory University. So, as always, before we dig in, just a reminder that when we discuss our books, we will talk about everything. As you may know, or you should know, we do call ourselves the All Spoilers Collective. <laughs> so consider this your perpetual, universal, all-compassing spoiler alert. In other words, we're all about the spoilers and not about summaries. No summary. No summary. <laughs> <laughs> and you're actually going to get an interesting conversation this time around because this is our second conversation about the book. And we're just going to actually just kind of pick up where we left off last time and talk about the things that we didn't have time to talk about the first time. Uh, but the last time we chatted about the book, I mentioned that some of us, I think most of us, were finishing up the book uh, while the common Kavanaugh confirmation hearings were going on. And specifically on the day that Dr. Christine Blasey Ford was testifying about being sexually assaulted by Kavanaugh. Fast forward one week, um, and Kavanaugh has been confirmed by a super narrow margin. So, you know, thinking about the book, I guess, this time around, um, I kind of wanted to focus, maybe, or at least start us off with talking about 
Roy's incarceration. And I think the last time we talked about this, Crystal, you had wanted to talk about perhaps how we think mass, inscar- mass incarceration is depicted in this book compared to some of the other books we read. And I think especially in, of course, Sing and Buried Sing. And I know when we had talked about uh, Jasmine Ward's book, you sort of talked a little bit about just being a little wary, right? Uh, weary and maybe wary um, of just reading all these accounts of the kind of, um, you know, mass incarceration and just being like, what do we get from it, right? Like, what do we learn from it? What do we get from it? So I'm kind of curious about what you thought about how it was depicted in this book. Yeah, that's a good a good question to reflect on. Um, I think in Sing, I'm very Sing, um, one of the things that kind of was emotionally very difficult for me um, was reading um, and thinking about the perspective of the effect of mass incarceration on children and families. And so, um, kind of reading the effect and the impact that had on um, the young boy in that, and and the, and the young girl in that book was particularly um, difficult, especially as we watched him grapple with not only his father's imprisonment, but his mother's um, kind of difficulties with drug abuse and also complicated relationships with her family. Um, and so that was, that was difficult, but I think in retrospect, I, I was really hard on seeing Unbury seeing, um, I think because of the kind of realism of the book mm-hmm. and wondering, you know, how much more trauma and pain do we have to read um, and experience, mm-hmm. right, to, to understand mass incarceration. Um, I will be honest, this, this book in American Marriage didn't leave me as kind of emotionally spent mm-hmm. as did Sing Unbury Sing. And I'm not quite sure why I could probably re- think about that more as the as our time together progresses. Um, but I think also this book gives us kind of a view into the impact of mass incarceration on families um, and the ways in which... Um, that affect that affects um, various folks and and people's families who is, who are incarcerated. Um, so, can I yeah, pick up on what you're yeah, saying, please? Because I need more time to process. That yeah, because I'm I'm really um, interested in what you said about like not feeling quite as spent by, mm-hmm. by this novel. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that um, I'm hearing that um, because I, I agree is. Um, that part of the way in which mass incarceration is understood in this novel is is something that is really present and heavy, but is very unspoken. There's a mm-hmm. silence around mm-hmm. it. Right. Um, so that the letters that we get back and forth between Roy and, and Celestial for a great part mm-hmm. of the novel mm-hmm. um, are, are always kind of speaking around what his experience is like. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can never actually really understand how terrible this has been on both of them individually, mm-hmm. right? Right. There's that yeah. moment later in the novel yeah. where um, he says, "You know, like, you know, I was the one who was incarcerated," right. mm-hmm. and she says, "You know, well, I was the one who was alone." Something like that. Yeah. I can't remember mm-hmm. how she puts it. it mm-hmm. Yeah, I was the I I was uh, drawn to that statement you made too, um, and I was thinking comparatively about these these two novels too, and um, how Sing Unburied Sing is. Um, with the the married couple in that, or they, are they married? Or they're I, I can't remember if they're so. married in that one. Anyway, they're together, but Partners, they're yeah, yeah their their um, relationship is so intense. Yeah, like it's so so intense in a mutual way. Like both of them 
need each other desperately mm-hmm. to the point that they're sort of destroying each other and mm-hmm. their family and neglecting mm-hmm. their kids in, right. in this really profound way. And um, you actually have sort of almost, you have like this really different situation in the mm-hmm. relationship yeah. in this book where, as you say, like they're writing these letters back and forth, but they're avoiding talking about the those sort of intensities of right. the situation that they find themselves in. And they actually just sort of drift apart slowly, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in the end, when you have this... Um, this swelling up of intense emotion, mm-hmm. and it manifests itself in violence. Right. Um, but I think they both realize, is, or s- certainly, um, uh, certainly, what's his name realizes? Roy realizes, right? That um, it's been a week. You know the main character. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a week. But Roy realizes that um, no amount of like intense emotional display or expression mm-hmm. is going to force her to feel something that she doesn't feel. Right. And you even have that moment when, as we talked about last time, right, where he's saying, like, I could force you. And yeah. he's literally talking about, um, about you know, assaulting her body, essentially. Mm-hmm. But figuratively, he's also talking about forcing you to be in a relationship mm-hmm. that you no longer want to be in. Mm-hmm. Right. Because she's basically offering to give in. Yep. Right. right. So um, I don't know. I guess all of this is to say that I felt the same way that you do. Like at the end of Sing Unburied Sing, I felt like I'd been sort of punched in mm-hmm. the face several mm-hmm. times, yeah. you know. Yeah. And at the end of this one, I didn't quite feel the same way. And, and even though things don't turn out exactly the way I thought that they would, I still felt like I felt better, even if I didn't quite feel Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I think, I wonder if some of it's like, I mean, you mentioned the children, right? The fact that these are all adults. Like, I wonder if we sort of see it as a little less emotionally mm-hmm. um, wrenching because there's no, like, little child or there's yeah. no two kids, like, involved. Yeah. And that's a one that, right? And then two, I feel like there's sort of ways in which by the end of the book, in some ways, it sort of works out for everybody, right? Which, mm-hmm. I, which again, like, I think I said this last time, too. I'm, like, still kind of confused that Celestial yeah. and Dre ended up together, although you kind of, <laughs> you were like, no, Dre makes sense. <laughs> you did make that case, didn't you? <laughs> and I was like, ah. I mean, I think that's the thing. I mean, I feel like, you know, emotionally, I think he's the one that I'm still, like, the most ambivalent about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like Roy, even though, right, I mean, I think I said this last time, right? I mean, I think especially reading it, listening to, like, Dr. Ford talk about her sexual assault and reading that passage yeah. where Roy's, like... I could force you, and I won't, right? And that's, like, really rough reading that. But I still felt, like, so much sympathy and empathy for him because of what he'd gone through. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also wonder what that meant, that she didn't, like, focus on that so much, right? I mean, you sort of have this, like, really pretty crazy scenario. Not maybe that crazy, actually, right? Like, where this woman, like, basically mistakenly identifies him as committing this crime. I feel like there's all this sort of racial undertones that weren't sort of clear, you know made that clear right so i'm assuming that the woman was white i don't know if that was ever i think it was said okay it was. Uh, so it was said and so this happens and it sort of you know just happens but i also felt like it was sort of interestingly devoid of white characters right like mm. not so it, i thought it was like a really interesting choice to make that like this happens and it's like part of this you know mass incarceration mass incarceration and sort of racist system that we live in but it's like the focus is really on these three people who are all yeah. black and like their families are black and their mm-hmm. communities are black. So mm-hmm. I just thought that was like interesting in comparison also to Sing and Bird Sing where the person who's incarcerated is actually white. white right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. right. I mean, so. I, I, um, uh, two things I was thinking about w- while you were talking in response to what you said is I kept thinking, and I think I talked about this last time, you know, that title Amer- in American marriage yeah. right. and we sh- should talk about what we yeah. think that means. But mm-hmm. I, I was thinking like, 
I, w- I almost want to call it an American family because it's so mm-hmm. much about the um, the extended family um, of these two main characters or two main characters. Um, the other thing is uh, this um, whole thing, which I think is has got me a little bit struggling um, about the misidentification or the mistaken identity and the you know the basically false accusation right. of rape. Um, which is basically the same premise of James Baldwin's novel, If Beale Street Could Talk, um, which is coming out yes, in a movie very out. soon by Barry Jenkins. And I saw the trailer for it, mm. and it is—it looks beautiful. It looks yeah. amazing. Yeah. I can't I've wait to really see it. I've heard really good things about it. Right. Well, so in that book, there is a real specific um, emphasis on that this false accusation is not really done by the woman on purpose, but she's forced to do it by a police officer, by a corrupt mm. police officer. Mm. And so that's kind of what rec- rescues that one mm. for me. This one, we, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I, we're, I think we're supposed well, yeah. to just accept that it right. is just a genuine false accusation by a woman who's scared and doesn't really see the person clearly. And right. this makes me a little bit uncomfortable, especially in the context that we're talking, you know, mm-hmm. this, this particular and how trauma moment sort of affects memory and all right. of that. Yeah. Right, right. So I mean I don't want to don't know what to make of that. Mm-hmm. You I, know. I mean I think it's because the book, even though mass incarceration is a background, this is not a story mm-hmm. about that except as it affects this relationship and this right. marriage. Right. Right. And I think last time Todd you you brought up the issue that you know, because we were talking about how this marriage, it falls apart slowly but surely over the course of his incarceration. But it was troubled to begin with before mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. was jailed, right? Mm-hmm. Before he was mm-hmm. um, convicted. So, you know, he uh, he was a kind of flirt, philanderer. We're not quite sure what the actual yeah. kind of... Um, uh, boundaries were that he crossed, but it was clear that they had a pattern where he would step out and do stuff and, and she would kind of call him back in and say, hey, mm-hmm. this isn't right. And he would try and make it up to her in, in various ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I, you know, I, I, I think like the context of today and like what we've just been through with the Kavanaugh confirmation makes us want to know more about this woman and her, um, you know, her, her claim, right, her, her own conviction of um, who Roy was, mm-hmm. right? And, but, but the novel itself r- really cares about um, their own histories and why it makes them into the people that are engaging in this kind of silent struggle over what marriage is, what family is, and eventually, like, what does it mean to be parents themselves? What does it mean to have parents? What does it mean to be parents? Um, I think we should talk about this title, but also I wanted to draw attention to these section titles, which we didn't talk about last time, but I find so mysterious. One is Bridge Music, one is Prepare a Table for Me, and the last one is Generosity. And I wonder if that might also help us kind of think through this question of what is the story we're getting of an American marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is in the second section, which, what did you say the second section Prepare was? a Table for Me. Okay. So I think we didn't talk about this last time, but your sort of comments about how, right, it's like not so much about like him being incarcerated, but like the effects reminded me of that really intense conversation that like Dre and Celestial have with their family at, I think it's like Thanksgiving dinner. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is, I'm going to just read it because I think this is like where there is some like 
reckoning of the fact that like this is a black man being jailed, right? And this is on 121. Uh, and I think this is in Celestial's voice. Um, and so, and this is her dad. So when he says my father. So son, my father said, gripping the dessert spoon like a pitchfork. I have one thing to say to you as a black man. Roy is a hostage of the state. He is a victim of America. The least you could do is unhand his wife when he gets back. Mm-hmm. Mr. Davenport, with all due respect, what's all this about Mr. Davenport this, Mr. Davenport that? This shit ain't complicated. You want this man to come home after five years in a state penitentiary for some bullshit he didn't even do, and you want him to come back and see his wife with your little ring on her finger, mm-hmm. and you talking about how you love her? I'll tell you what Roy's going to see. He's going to see a wife who couldn't keep her legs closed and a so-called friend who doesn't know what it means to be a man, let alone a black man. Right. Oh. I was like, Wow. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. No, I think that's perfect quote to get to. And let's yeah. see. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And Todd has written yikes by that passage <laughs> in his book. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but this is a moment where, you know, because as a romance, I think there's part of us that's like, of course Roy and Celestial fall apart. And why shouldn't she have this love? Someone to, like, get her through this. And it's parents who sit there and remind you of the social structures, the commitments that you make, right? Like, And the injustice that in some ways, like the father's saying, this would continue the injustice, right? Yeah, Yeah, but it, it, the, he's thinking about the injustice only from Roy's point of view. Yeah. That's the thing that troubles me about it, yeah. right? Okay, so um, you get uh, put it, you know, unjustly convicted of something, you gotta go away. And so your, your, your girl, your wife, whatever, and you, I mean, this is the way that she's being drawn, right? right. Like, that she has to keep her legs closed and she has to, like, right. that's like talking about, like, nobody's going to drive my car while I'm in, you know, I don't know, just sort of. He it's... may have put it in an offensive way. <laughs> but what can... <laughs> I can't believe I'm sitting here oh, defending this right, right, but, right. but we get all of those, you know, in Roy's letters to Celestial as, as she kind of, like, absents herself, where he's like, Hey, you know, these other guys' girlfriends and wives and come mothers, see, they come see come them, see them mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they don't care that the travel is long, that this is hard. They mm-hmm. make this commitment. Mm-hmm. And I can't help but feel, like he doesn't say it this way, but he feels abandoned, justifiably yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, but it's complicated because that comes after the whole abortion thing happens, right? Okay, let's get to that. Because I feel like that is, in some ways, this really important event that then spirals everything, yeah. and it's all about family. Yeah. 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 I agree. I mean, <clears throat> this will, are you, were you about to talk about? No. Okay. I was just sighing, because I'm just, <laughs> it's so big. Well, so this is another thing that I really thought about with this, but uh, um, just to step back one step, these two, at the at the moment that he is uh, is arrested, they've been married for one year. One is year. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. One and a half, I thought. One and a half? Okay, so not that much time, right? So, and, and they're actually having an argument on the night that this right. happens, right? Right, yeah. yes. They're having an argument. Um, about children, right? No, well, about no, Roy's dad. About Roy's dad. About Roy's dad. About, yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think, you know, like, one of the things about, one of the things that you learn in a marriage or in a long-term relationship is you have to learn how to have arguments and um, recover from them mm-hmm. <laughs> or to, you know, to be able to, to disagree and even disagree really um, intensely mm-hmm. and still mm-hmm. like the next day be able to not be angry at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, um, it seems like they have 
learned a little bit of that. But I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is like they're very early in their relationship right. when they're taken away from each other. Right. And so to expect them to have the the relationship itself to have the strength to withstand yep. this this assault mm-hmm. to it. You right. Know? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what Roy wants or what um, what Celestial's father is saying Roy should have is not uh, something that's, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's unreasonable. But mm-hmm. in the sort of reality of the situation, it seems to me like they want something which is, might not be possible and that we should, all parties involved, mm-hmm. should, you know, um, consider the possibility that it might not happen, especially considering, you know, that their relationship maybe wasn't fully formed right. when it took a bullet in the chest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I recognize and understand Roy's desires to for his relationship to survive. But I also recognize and understand Celestial's needs and desires outside yeah. of that, uh, outside of the prison. Yeah. Right. And we yeah. talked about this last time. I mean, like uh, everybody was talking about Dre. I was Actually, like, let's was talk you. about Dre. <laughs> like, so we have Roy. We have Celestial. Right. And I sort of understand both of like. You know, but Mr. Davenport here is also like specifically calling out Dre mm-hmm. for his actions. Mm-hmm. But I, Crystal, do you want to jump in? Well, I was just gonna <laughs> co-sign some of what Todd was okay. saying in response to kind of, you know, what Roy's expectations were regarding Celestial's visits, communication, etc. And I was just thinking that same exact thing. You know, while he may be looking at these other folks who are incarcerated with him and saying, oh, these other women and mothers and et cetera are doing all these things, why aren't you? Their their relationship was rocky to begin with, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, are his expectations of her valid given like all of the difficulties they had been having plus the fact that he wasn't even necessarily committed to her all the way mm-hmm. before he went in? Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the particular difficulties they were having because I think that the trip they take to Elo to his parents mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is like this really like telling episode mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And it's also freighted like the whole thing, you know, he and she both talk about like feeling like something terrible is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. In part, we we get to know Celestial that she doesn't really know his parents and she doesn't feel like they like her that much. Right. Right. And um, she certainly doesn't know how to talk to them. They're different Mm -hmm. class level, et cetera. Um, And he is, I think, you know, like we get um, hints at what it means to be black and driving on the highway in particular areas, right? So so first, there's that episode when they're with Roy's parents. Mm -hmm. And she has this doll that she's made that is for, like, the mayor. It's, like, super expensive, and it looks exactly (laughs) like Roy. And Roy's mom is like, oh, that's awesome. Like, she's like, I love it. And Celestial actually, like, is, like, about to give it to her. And Roy's like, wait a minute. You you sold that. You can't just give it. And <laughs> yeah. there's this really weird tug of war right. over, over basically Roy's body. Mm-hmm. Right? Roy's mm-hmm. body as a baby. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. curious. And, like... Um, you know, so like the, when they finally kind of give this Roy baby back, um, it's, um, <laughs> I'm not kidding, right, page 20. Um, As we made our way through the door at last, my father handed Celestial the shrouded doll, which shrouded has such 
like mm -hmm. freighted meaning. He carried it awkwardly, like he couldn't decide if it was an object or a living thing. So we already get this roid body who's in between <laughs> life and death. Mm -hmm. I know, I know. It's like all the yeah. foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you know, so they get to the motel or the hotel. And he finally tells her that Roy is not his biological daddy because they're daddy. talking about having kids. Mm -hmm. Page 24. Roy, you're doing this on purpose, says Celestial. And this uh, section has got to be in Roy's voice. I think it's all in. Yeah. Um, this? What this? You tell me that we're making a family, that I'm the closest person to you, and then you drop a bomb like this. So I would want my students to read that line really carefully. Right? How mm -hmm. Celestial imagines this, this whole situation. She says, you tell me that we're making a family, not we decide that right. we're making mm -hmm. a family. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the dropping a bomb, I think, is really literal for her. That she has seen him keep various secrets and is expecting further honesty. And this is kind of the biggest secret you can hold. But, but then, also, oh, I was gonna say, but then yeah. like she goes on, so this is the big bomb, but then she says, it's not this one thing. It's the phone numbers yep. in your wallet, mm -hmm. the way you don't always mm -hmm. wear your ring. Then this, as soon as we get over one thing, there's something else. If I didn't know better, I would think that you were trying to sabotage our marriage, the baby, everything. Mm -hmm. right. And he but still it, can't deal, right? He's like, she said it like it was all my fault, as mm -hmm. though it were possible to tango alone. But I think this is, I think what I said last time too, like not to excuse his like philandering or whatever, but mm -hmm. I feel like there's that letter that he gets from his mom, right? When he's like engaged to her, as a, before he brings, yeah. I think, her to meet, ha, meet the parents. And she's like, I hear all about this woman, but it feels like you're not being yourself with her, right? So I feel like there is this notion of like all these secrets, but I feel like he cannot be him fully himself and like who he is, because there is that, and we talked about this last time yeah. too, right? Like there's that striving for right. sort mm -hmm. of middle class and upper right. middle class right. in a way that right. like Celestial hasn't been striving, right? Like she's right. had a much more comfortable class background like yeah. growing up. But I think yeah. this is also the thing when you, you know, Crystal and Todd were talking about like the rocky marriage, I feel like if he hadn't been put away, and this is like to me like the unfairness, like maybe he would have like grown into himself, right? Like yeah, maybe he would have had maybe. that chance to yeah. like be a more honest person and not sort of keep all those secrets and like, you know, work into that. Or maybe she would have been like, you're sleeping around, I'm done with you. Like, you know, that's fine too. But I just feel like, I think that to me is like this unfairness of like, he was taken away in this moment where he was starting to clearly like sort of share. But is it, but is it fair out. that, is it fair that, you know, she has to be the one that waits around for him to no wait oh even if he hadn't gone to jail yeah again. okay yeah like she i mean that's not her responsibility no you know yeah. and and given given this is like where they are right when this happens yeah you know i i can see i can see both sides like his expectations because number one he's not being truly honest with himself right and he is he is he has this image of who he wants to be mm. and that's what he wants celestial to be loyal right. and committed to right. but that's not who she sees and that's not who he is right. and so it's not surprising that when the rubber hits the road she's like this actually wasn't even fulfilling before do you, you got yeah. you can, got can i ask right. a question i mean do you guys think that uh, I was just noticing, and it was kind of in my head, but mm -hmm. that the book opens with Roy's voice, mm -hmm. and it closes with a letter from Roy. Oh, um, I didn't notice. And that. I'm wondering if you feel like, hmm. like I think I feel right now, and I'm not sure whether it's right or not, mm -hmm. that we we experience this 
more from Roy's point of view mm-hmm. than oh, from abs- Celestia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. even though that you've got this back and forth, back but yeah. it's it's yeah. not it's not equal. Partly because I feel like she's so right. Like in all the letters, basically he's like, "You're not here. You're not here. You're yeah. not here." Right? Like she's right. absent mm-hmm. in those narratives. Like we don't know what she was up to in this interesting yeah. way because she wasn't writing letters, right? Because there's like yeah. five letters from him, and then there's like no response. I mean, I, th- I think this is one of the themes of the novel, right? And Crystal, I think you said this in a slightly different way, but he is trying to control the relationship, to control his image. He has a certain mm-hmm. expectation for mm-hmm. what their life yeah. is going to be like, yeah. and it's not that far away from, like, the 2.5 kids and the white picket right. fence, right? <laughs> right. Um, An American marriage. And, mm-hmm. and she isn't really in his sights, right? Like, he doesn't really mm. see her. Um, I feel like... I, I don't, I, I wasn't as upset by the letter at the end, though, in some ways. I feel like the letter at the end almost blesses oh, her, yeah. right, like, mm-hmm. her you just perspective. Meant, like, that it starts yeah. and ends with his voice. Yeah, I, just, I guess what I'm, I'm thinking of yeah. sort of like the, yeah, that the, his voice opens and his voice closes, and therefore that's the voice that's most important. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. And it's the perspective that really, um, right. you know, Celestial's voice erupts into mm-hmm. his perspective is mm-hmm. the way I would put it. That's mm-hmm. a yeah. very good way to put it. Yeah. That's and to bring it back to Dre, because I don't know. <laughs> oh, we're coming back to Dre. Because <laughs> I feel like his, Everybody I mean. forgot about Dre. Because there's also, exactly, because there's also chapters from his voice, right? But right. that doesn't start until maybe it's the third section. I think it read. might be the yeah. third yeah. section. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting to me, because he's like, all of a sudden, he's sort of this like, figure in the back and we sort of know about him because mm-hmm. you know obviously he was sent to celestial but he was also you know roommates with roy mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. next to each other in college then all of a sudden he becomes this like character right, right, right. in the book yeah. because if you have this first section bridge music which roy kind of like determines who gets a voice and what that voice is like mm-hmm. right that can't have andre at all right like there's glimpses of andre right yeah. and it's always from this like call your boy dre yeah. Right, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. just, like, deal with it. Yeah. Um, it. Andre can only have a voice in a world where Roy's expectations for what this relationship is like have started to kind of fade, to yeah. lose their control. Mm. Yeah. That, I'm, t- I'm just trying to think about that title. Or, you know, you brought up the titles of the three sections, and that bridge music which is the word for you know they're underneath this bridge and the cars drive over top of the bridge and it makes this music but Mm -hmm. um he talks about how he it was he and his father's place to go fishing that that's Mm -hmm. where uh, his Mm -hmm. father uh, sort of taught him about what it meant to be a man all that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff Mm -hmm. but at the same time these cars are sort of going back and forth over top of the bridge so something's moving without him um, and that's mm. basically what happens when he gets put in prison, right? Like yeah. he's one place yeah. and then everything else is just moving outside and he, it, it makes some sort of music, but it's not anything that he has control over, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking about the mm-hmm. second section, prepare a, a table. table for me. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but I mean, I think that's what he wants to happen, yeah. right? He wants Roy, Roy, Roy. does, right? Yeah. yeah. So when he gets out that there's a, place at the table prepared for him and of course that's not what happened right it feels slightly biblical the language i i I don't know i can't figure out what it's like uh the prodigal nudging at me or something exactly no i was thinking of jesus in the communion table and Ah. his disciples preparing or yeah preparing a yeah Yeah. but then also also it's about a table being set 
for you to join in as well, right? right. And there's also a scripture that says, you know, prepare a table before me in front of my enemies. Mm. Huh. You know, so, yeah. yeah. Bible, Bible, Bible. Uh, what was yeah. the last section called again? Generosity. Generosity. Which is where Drake comes in. Right. Right. And so. Hmm. Or, oh, but if, if this is off from the perspective of Roy. That's what I was thinking. Too. The whole book, you mean, even though it's in different voices? Right. Like if each, right. right. Because the first one, Bridge Music, mm-hmm. that's obvious connection. Prepare oh, Table, obvious connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, is she trying to make a point that Roy was being generous and letting Celestial go? That's or, the way or I was it, Or is it. Celestial's initial generosity when she's willing to like stay uh, in it's, it's, So it's both ways, though, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, for her to say, okay, I will give, I will give in, or I will, I don't know, giving in seems like a, I want another phrase to describe yeah. this, but like yeah. I will acquiesce. I will give you what you want. I will give you what you want. Yeah. For him then need? to not take it would yeah. be an act right. of generosity as right. well. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know how I feel about that when yeah. it's, when it's yeah. in the, that framework of that's the, the sexual like violence. Like I can take you by force. Right, yeah. I mean, is that that's a metaphor for their marriage, right? And mm-hmm. I, I mean, when I think about it in terms of the marriage, okay, yeah. I, I'm, I'm cool with it because it, you don't want to, you can't force someone to love you. You can't right. force someone to be in a relationship with you mm-hmm. if they're not really yeah. wanting to be in that relationship with you. Um, you should let that go, right? And and that's what he does. But when it's in the in that framework of sexual violence, oh man, it's a problem. Right. It's a problem. Yeah, I feel there's something here too about the institution of marriage. I mean, so she she refused to deliver divorce papers to him while he was in jail. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that she I can't remember how they put it, but like she felt like that would be too far a yeah. step, right? right. Yeah. Um, and he keeps an, saying like she never an insult. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um and, and right, that's the thing that he leaned on. So she never mm-hmm. delivered these divorce papers, papers, so they're still married. Right. Um but he understands when he gets out that he's still going to have to win her back. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, like, there's this really fine line in that last section, which is he knows he has to win her back. And yet, what does it mean to Roy to win her back? A lot of the language he uses in that last section are kind of like, but we're married, right? right? Mm-hmm. We planned right. out this life together. Yeah. Right. You, how, can, how can you leave this thing right. that we haven't even gotten a chance to start? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking about, like, you know, sort of that moment and maybe we can like I'll, I can read a little bit like you know in that moment and like um, Andre comes and like Roy's holding the axe like cutting, trying to cut down that tree mm-hmm. and they're all talking and Celestial's out there and they ask Celestial to, Celestial to leave, leave and uh-huh. she does mm-hmm. um, I don't know I found that whole thing like super disturbing right like this whole so basically um, Boys Roy's over. like yeah. and this isn't oh this isn't actually Dre's voice but it says go in the house Roy said let me talk to Dre I pressed my hand to the small of her back, and this is Dre in the eye, to urge her towards the door, but she was adamant. I'm not going. This is my life, too. Mm-hmm. We both turned to her. The admiration I feel for her flashed on Roy's craggy face. Listen if you want. I told you to go in the house for your own benefit. You don't need to hear what me and Andre need to talk about. I'm oh. trying to be a gentleman. It's her choice, I said. We don't keep secrets. Oh, yes, you do, Roy sneered. Okay. Ask her about last night. Mm-hmm. I asked her with my eyes, her, but her expression was blank, shut her down from the sun. I'm telling you that you don't want to be out here, Roy said to Celestial. When men talk, it's not a pretty kind of conversation. That's the main thing about being in a prison. Too many men in one place. Mm. You're stuck in there knowing that the world is full of women who are putting out flowers, making things nice, civilizing the whole planet. But there I was stuck like a cage, in, stuck in a cage like an animal with a bunch of other animals. So I'm going to give you one more chance, Celestial. Take your pretty little self into the house. Go sew some baby dolls or something. <sighs> I'm not going, this is Celestial. Somebody has to be out here who has some sense. 
Go in the house, baby, I said. You've had your, ch- you had your chance to talk to him all day yesterday. Ten, um, so, you know, and then sort of, and she, she leaves, right? And then sort of Royce turns to Dre and says, like I said, the world is full of women, Atlanta especially. You're black, employed, heterosexual, unincarcerated, and into sisters. This shit is your fucking oyster, but you had to go for my wife. That was disrespectful to me as a person. It was disrespectful to what I was going through and what we all are going through in this country. Celestial was my woman. You knew it. Hell, you're the one that introduced us. So what, was it just convenient? You wanted some pussy next door so you don't have to bother getting in your car. And then they, you know, proceed to then get into a fight. Right. And this is the thing about Roy's worldview, right? Is that it, this is not... This is not about being in prison, although it may have been heightened in prison. This is about uh, the toxic worldview that we heard about with Brett Kavanaugh, right? Where men getting into bar fights is, you know, apparently something that every guy does. And if you haven't, then you are also a pussy, right? Um, This is uh, masculinity in performance and women being expected to what civilize the world. man, we need to talk about these dolls and the way in which that plays into this kind of binary that Roy yeah. is so happy to sit in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. all the all the men, other men in the book are not disrupting it. I mean, Big Roy right. is, mm-hmm. is doing, he, he, he basically blocks for him so he can get up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He knows whenever Dre gets there, there's going to be a confrontation. Okay. Yep. Uh, Dre's father says, "You got to let him punch you." Yeah, right. Um, yeah, you, know, you got to take you. You know, you've done it. You just take the punishment and right. then go yep. on, which is actually what ends up happening. Right. Right. Um, and they're not really disrupting this. No. Um, this very sort of traditional kind of conventional yeah. performance of masculinity, which is intended to, and I guess. Maybe I would say, and of course, Roy is is talking about how it's been heightened for him from being in prison, right? right. Like essentially, I've been like soaking in mm-hmm. a tub of this like intense mm-hmm. masculinity mm-hmm. Yeah. for all these years, and right. this is the way we do this now, right? Um, is there? I don't know. Is there anything? I mean, you talk about the dolls, and I think like the dolls just sort of um, reemphasizes that binary again. Is there anything that disrupts it? I don't know that it disrupts it, but I feel like I don't want to necessarily see this as the same kind of toxic masculinity as Brett Kavanaugh's because I feel like there's whiteness and class privilege there that plays out in different right, kinds of ways, right. and I think it does for Roy. So I'm not exactly sure how, what, how to think about that differently, That's but true. I just feel like That's I do. True. I don't want to think about it necessarily. I mean, well, Brett Kavanaugh thing. got confirmed, and Roy went to jail. Right. Um, so, like, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, but they're on a continuum. Right, which is so that kind of masculinity that is expected to be violent and territorial is possible both I mean I, I really appreciate what you're saying, Todd, right? That it's not checked by the other men mm-hmm. in the novel. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also facilitated by Celestial, right? And I mean you're pointing out, Anita, that she agrees to go away. She tries to kind of disrupt it. Mm-hmm. But eventually like both Dre the nice guy, mm-hmm. right? The the more kind of like middle class, like um, you know, uh, I, I think it's also suggested he's lighter skinned, right? Yeah. He's mm-hmm. so they're you know yeah. mm-hmm. so they're both like with the same education, but I don't know. He has a very kind of like more. What's the word I want? 
upper class kind yeah. of sensibility. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. You know, um, he comes from her. He comes from Celestial's world. Right. right. Yeah. But they're they're both the you know they both occupy that same space and have to compete within this form of masculinity, and so it actually like what it's making me re reminding me of and we talked about this last time is that scene towards the end where Celestial is it's Christmas Eve mm -hmm. she's at her store mm -hmm. they have a whole bunch of like dolls with flaws right. you know each doll has one flaw and she loves these dolls with flaws she really like cares about making them not perfect. Mm -hmm. And there's one perfect doll left that they've hung from the ceiling like an angel. And um, this middle class black man comes in and he's like, you know, my daughter is seven, she needs a doll, I only want the perfect one for her. And I think last time we talked about how, like this moment, he is kind of a similar guy, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With He doesn't really care about his daughter. No. He cares about the idea of perfection for his daughter. Although, <laughs> although what he does say, right, when she's like, they're all one of a kind, they're going to be variations, and he says to her, you can save that lie for white people. <laughs> 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 what about the one that's up there dressed like an angel? So, well, Which, no, go no, ahead. Go, go, I, I was just going to say, maybe there's more pressure. Right, right? that's what I was going to say, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it sort of speaks to, um, I mean, there's definitely a, a pressure on creating um, the sort of perfect family, the perfect situation right. for your family, and right. all that. Um, if if you are if you're black, I mean, and and certainly the pressures are more powerful against you being able to mm -hmm. do that. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't. I'm not really. I mean, and this takes place in Atlanta, which is, mm -hmm. I mean, for my money, is sort of the center of the black ascendancy, right? I mean, it's like um, yeah. this is a place where class matters for right. black people right and right. it's a yeah. kind of um mm -hmm. a, 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 a an expectation of respectability and all that sort of stuff which celestial comes out of that even though she's sort of like first generation money right. i right. guess mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but it's once you get in there that's a very very important right mm -hmm. and yeah. and of course roy's family is much different um which is why i think his mother is suspicious of yeah, celestial from mm -hmm. the very beginning yeah. right mm -hmm. so yeah, so I think I see that guy as as in the store, as a you know an, an example of what that is. It's so it's class, um, you know, aspiration, mm -hmm. but it also races a big part of it, right? And so you would you would draw that distinction between you know what you tell the white people and what you tell to me, right? <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. yeah. And can I say one more thing too? Yeah. I just think. Yeah. Um, this whole thing that we're talking about with masculinity, which is fascinating to me and something that I've been thinking about a lot, especially around everything that's happening over the last two weeks. And uh, I can't stress enough, again, how uh, race plays into this so mm -hmm. importantly, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we can talk about yeah. toxic masculinity, but we can't talk about it the same way for white mm -hmm. men mm -hmm. and black men and brown men and other, yeah. you know, men of other, other racial backgrounds, but especially for black men, the one of the primary ways that black men have seen their own possibility for power or equality is through masculinity, right? Through mm -hmm. a sort of full and even yeah. hyper performance of masculinity, yeah. right? So, I mean, like, if you look at the 60s, the black arts movement, right. I mean, the, the sort of major way that they conceptualize equal equality mm -hmm. is through the ability to participate in patriarchy, right? right? Yeah, yeah. And so um, it, it shouldn't surprise anyone that that's what Roy 
you know, grabs mm-hmm. onto mm-hmm. having had his life destroyed by prison. Right. Is to come out, right. reestablish his role as a man mm-hmm. in the community, right? And, and then, of mm-hmm. course, like, I, that's such a really useful framing, Todd, because um, we have talked before and we need to talk right now about the absentee fathers, right, in this novel. Mm-hmm. So that Roy has, a, a, you know, an adopted father, basically, Roy Sr., mm-hmm. but his... Um, biological father he meets in prison Mm -hmm. and finally reconnects to after many years of not knowing what had happened to him. We discover very late in the novel that Andre's father Mm -hmm. had abandoned the family and then basically started a new family. Um, uh, So there are are a number of kind of... uh, There's a way in which the patriarchy is reproducing itself and able to reproduce itself. it, not in spite of absentee fathers, but in some ways through mm-hmm. the way in which the yeah. father Because is. the thing which is absent is the thing that they want the most, right? right. I mean, what Roy wants most is a family. Mm-hmm. He wants um, to be wealthy. He wants to have a child. I mean, he wants basically your, your classic conventional right. family. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's he thinks it should be the easy, it should be easy for him, right? Yeah. I mean, he has the skills. He can sell anything, right. you know. He, I mean, he's talented and all this stuff. And he's with and this. It's not hard to look at. He's, he's very handsome. The ladies have uh, confirmed this. Um, he's with this beautiful woman. She's talented, all this kind of stuff. All they need is the baby. Mm-hmm. All they need is the money. And they're on their way to, to establishing that whenever this yeah. this tragedy strikes them, right? Yeah, but I feel like now I'm thinking about this fact that the, you know, the two sort of dads of the older generation are missing and what that means about the kind of families that she's talking about, in particular, like, black families, right? Because it's not like, you know, in white families where the families are, quote-unquote, intact, like, patriarchy doesn't get passed down, right? Like, oh, it does, sure. right? And it gets yeah. reproduced in these particular ways. It doesn't get interrupted. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, how do we think through that, right? The fact, I and I hadn't actually thought about that. I mean, we thought about the absent fathers, but, like, it's mm-hmm. sort of curious to me mm-hmm. that both the, like, dads, right, and the older generation mm-hmm. are these kind of, imperfect people right yeah. like me all of them actually because even mm-hmm. big roy mm-hmm. actually left his mm-hmm. first wife right, right. exactly right. exactly um yeah. roy's mom so like i'm like huh mm-hmm. like so mm-hmm. i don't know like i do find mm-hmm. that interesting that maybe that's where the interrupting happens and that there are all these like super flawed men mm-hmm. that are right like there's well, nobody in there that's like actually um perfect in some sense i don't know i just i'm not sure what to think of that the fact that like all the men in here are or all the dads in here are sort of these imperfect beings they and i i want to give them you know like excuse them somewhat for that or let's say allow for the fact that people aren't perfect people and relationships are difficult and if you find out that this is not what you want that maybe you should be free to move Mm -hmm. on um and, and try something else um, but also, I find that they again like my. I'm I'm gonna impose my own life experience on on it, so <laughs> dismiss it if you want to. But I mean, I've found You're wrong. that. <laughs> but I found in my in my own personal life with with men that I I grew up with who taught me things, and then and what I found is like later in life, they're sort of like teaching me different things mm, because mm-hmm. they have learned. Yeah. Over the, and they've become less sort of um, focused on you got to go out there, you know, like this sort of hyper masculinity right. and more sort of focused on like, oh, no, it's really love that's important. Or it's really this mm. that's important. You know, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they've sort of scaled it back a little right. bit. Um, and 
so I feel like I'm learning from them in these different phases of their mm-hmm. own being. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I see less of that here. I mean, I see. Or do you, no. You okay? So, Tell I me. mean, look at Roy at the end. Roy at the end. Well, Roy, um, yeah. You know, g- returns to Elo and mm-hmm. to, I'm forgetting the woman's name. Davina. Davina, Davina yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. And she has an older son mm-hmm. who is, you know, having difficulties. Right. But Roy, and, and you know, he, he in his letter to Celestial, he talks about, like, they're not going to have more kids, right? And that he's okay with that. Right. That there's something that he's yeah. found here that is valuable, that is more meaningful than this, like, right. quest to reproduce at any cost. Right. So yeah. do you think that... That okay, so because I definitely agree with you on that, right? Like that he, that's that, that uh, what comes out of that generosity, right? Mm. Is to stop trying to assemble this ideal vision that you have of what your life is supposed to be, and I mean, yeah. and you know, you have to be struck by when he when he's with Davina for what two days or mm-hmm. a day or something like that. It's really better than any time he's with Celestial, yeah, right? right? I mean, it, it, even in how the book because he gets mm-hmm. to be more of himself. He gets to be right. more yeah, of himself, himself, right? And he yeah. doesn't he doesn't realize that until the very very right. end, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Is that also what these other men have done in their lives? Hmm. But it just seems to me like when they're talking to their sons about it, they're they're telling their sons to be like they used to be <laughs> as opposed to what right. they are now. What they learned to how to be. Right. right. Yeah. And I, yeah, and that, that seems especially true in the case of Dre and Carlos. Mm. Um, and that he, you know, Carlos couldn't be himself, so he left. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, yeah, and also in the, also in the case of um, Celestial's father um, and the decisions he made, although he's, you know, trying to give advice to Dre as well. Um so that that does seem to be the case. It seems yeah. like these men are yeah. more, these older yeah. men, are more. Res- and maybe this maybe this makes sense, you know, because, um, when 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 Roy is locked up, mm-hmm. incarcerated, mm-hmm. it doesn't just hurt him and Celestial; right. it hurts those other men too. too. Yeah. And so their response yeah. to Roy when he gets out comes out. Also is is driven by the pain right. that they feel right. and that they identify with, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and so this, like going back to the title, an American marriage. It's never just the two people, right? Yeah, right. right. There is something like, and it's not just because of the incarceration. Although right. for them, that's a huge part. It's like this American marriage, <coughs> salud, salud, all of that's the family, true. right? The way the it's ripple like a, effects. It's an and, explosion of noises. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Which was just considering we were like ending, I feel like we're right. getting towards a good conclusion about yeah. um, this vision of an American marriage. Yeah. 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 Which is basically about understanding societal place and the kind of many, many uh, way, mm-hmm. the, the fact that your marriage has never felt just by you yeah. alone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's good. So you probably noticed that the episode didn't end as it normally does. See, we usually talk about what we're reading or watching, and then we have an elaborate goodbye sequence. But that didn't happen when we were recording this episode, so it's my job to get this show over. So here's the rundown. First of all, go visit Heritage Tea House on University Avenue in St. Paul. They're our home, even though we didn't record there today. It will be back there recording at some point in the future, probably when we can record on a weekday when it's not so loud there. Also, I want to give a shout out to Penumbra Theater, 
whose production of Four Color Girls Who Have Considered Suicide When the Rainbow Is Enough is still going on. Both Crystal and I have been to see the production. It's amazing. If you go, take your Kleenex with you. Take a box of tissue. You're going to need it. It runs through October 21st, so check that out. Like us on iTunes. We need some likes. We need some ratings on iTunes. And be sure to send us comments on Facebook. We'd like to hear what you have to say about the show. Um, and we'll be back at the end of the month with a special episode on the movie version of The Hate You Give, which is out in theaters now. Now, remember, we did a previous episode on The Hate You Give, the book, but this one's on the movie, The Hate You Give. So um, check it out. And we'll be back at the end of the month to talk about it. And we hope you like it. So until then, see ya. Oh, are you checking my sound? Yep, I'm checking your sound. Okay. Um, see, now I'm going to like figure out what to say. Okay, I'm going to practice the name. Notozake Shampoo. Entozake. 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 Okay. Entozake Shampoo. Yep, Crystal. For color girls with considered suicide when the rainbow is Keep going. Please keep going. I was trying to remember the poem I memorized. You have memorized it. Yeah, I, I memorized Sorry, and I said it at my senior talent show in high school. Oh, I want to hear this. Yes. I brought the hand down. Of course. Yeah. I love that. Is it on tape? Probably not, because you know, when I graduated from high school, it was not the era of recording things. So. Family failed you. Okay, I'm looking up sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. You can you can read it when you find it. Just say something. Okay. One thing I don't need is any more college. Yeah. Go ahead. I forgot the rest. I got sorry freaking me at my front door. You can keep yours. I don't know what to do with They don't open doors or bring the sun back. They don't make me happy or get a morning paper. Nobody stopped using my tears to wash cars because of sorry. I am simply tired of collecting. I didn't know I was so important to you. I'm gonna have to throw some away. I can't get to the clothes in my closet for all of the sorry. I'm gonna tack a sign to my door, leave a message by the phone. If you call to say you're sorry, call somebody else. I don't use them anymore. I let sorry didn't mean to. And how could I know about that? Take a take a walk down a dark and musty street in Brooklyn. I'm gonna do exactly what I want to do, and I won't be sorry for none of it. Let a sorry soothe your soul. I'm gonna soothe mine. You are always inconsistent. Doing something and then being sorry. Beating my heart to death talking about you sorry. Well, I will not call. I'm not going to be I will raise my voice and scream and holler and break things and race the engine and tell all your secrets about yourself to your face. And I will list in detail every one of my wonderful lovers and their ways. I will play Oliver Lake loud and I won't be sorry for I loved you on purpose. I was open on purpose. I still crave vulnerability and close talk. And I'm not even sorry about you being sorry. You can carry all the guilt and grind you want. Just don't give it to me. I can't use another sorry. Next time, you should admit you're mean, low down, trifling, and no count spread out. Instead of being sorry all the time, 
Enjoy. Yeah. Wait, it was just one week. I didn't mean to mess up the sound. 